Welcome to The Selling Point, the College of Science and Mathematics Advising Podcast. This podcast is tailored just for you, our CSM students. The Selling Point will provide advising tips, interviews with health professional programs and potential employers, as well as other JSU campus resources. We hope you truly enjoy. Go Gamecocks! Welcome back to the Selling Point Gamecocks. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Michael Black, who is the Assistant Director of Admissions, Recruiting, and Scholarships for the McCorcher School of Pharmacy. Welcome to the Selling Point, Mr. Black. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. We have quite a few pre-health professional students who are interested in pursuing a career in pharmacy. So we thought it would be a great idea to have you here on the podcast to answer some of the most frequently asked questions, as well as to give our students more insight into this program. Great. I'm glad to be here. So it has been brought to my attention that one of the biggest stressors for our students who want to apply to a PharmD program is the actual application process. So do you mind taking a few moments just to describe the application process for the PharmD program at Sanford University? Sure, absolutely. Um, so we try to make the admission process for pharmacy school as easy um, uh, as possible for students. And, um, and so we, to, first of all, to, to help s- students to do that, we provide a specialized prerequisite guide for each university in the state and really in the southeastern United States. And so um, you can find that on our website, which I'm sure that we will talk about um, a little bit later. But there is a specific prerequisite guide for Jacksonville State University students to follow. Now, you may be asking, uh, do I need to major in a certain thing to be in pharmacy school? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Um, Just as long as you take our prerequisites, you can do one of two things. You can take those prerequisites, apply to pharmacy school, and transfer to Sanford before graduating. Um, But a lot of students want to get that four-year degree from their uh, institution. So for you, it would be Jacksonville State, and we fully support that. And so um, the main thing is um, that you get those prerequisite courses while completing your degree um, at Jacksonville State University. And um, our students to start the process for application to pharmacy school is a website called farmcast, P-H-A-R-M-C-A-S dot org. And that is, um, that's where all the, um, that's where all the the fun begins is in farmcast. Now I will tell students, that is not an application that you can sit down and complete in a 15 or 20 minute span. It's something that you need to block out some time, spend a lot of time on and make sure it's the way you want it to be when you press submit. And so that in a nutshell is kind of our um, our uh, application procedure. 
Okay, awesome sauce. So you talked about prerequisites, so I'm just going to jump into some of those questions. Um, I know that you guys require human anatomy and physiology and health microbiology. Those are the prereqs from Jacksonville State. So one of the questions that I get the most is, can students take an upper level like animal systems physiology and upper level microbiology and meet those requirements? Or do they have to have the lower level human anatomy and physiology and health microbiology? We take, uh, that's a great question. So we take that generally on a case by case basis. And so before we always encourage students to stay in touch with us as they register for those classes, because at some universities, their and the animal physiology and anatomy will not suffice for what we need. But we go to the course catalog and Jacksonville State Uni University uh, courses are great. They're rigorous. And so we with the, the base knowledge there is to always check in with us before signing up for classes so we can guide you. But um, but yeah, so that's that's a great question. Some universities we prefer that they take the lower level, but if they are in a if they are in a, doing a degree that requires those upper level um, higher sciences, of course, generally we're not going to penalize the students for doing a more rigorous uh, curriculum. So that's a great question. OK, awesome. Awesome. Um, because the other thing is because of the hours matter. So, you know, that would in theory, there would be four hours difference because they would take the upper level, which is four right. and micro. So I didn't know if they would have to if that was the case, would there be another class they would need to substitute for those additional four hours to meet the prerequisite hour requirement or how would that and I know it's case by case. I don't know how that would work that way. Yeah, and and generally what we do is find coursework. Generally, if a student is doing a four year degree, there are courses that we can substitute to make up for the differences in hours. So, you know, some some universities offer a human anatomy and physiology together as a four hour credit. Some some universities do a three hour lecture, one hour lab. So we can we can you know, we make that really easy for the student and again, work that on a case by case basis. Gotcha. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. So, OK, so I think that that takes care of the prerequisite question. The only other thing that I always get is because on on your website, which is absolutely fabulous and it holds a lot of information, um, it says on that the students can apply after they've taken organic one. Yes. So, when you're getting a four year degree, organic one usually comes around sophomore year. So students, do they need to try to apply after they take organic one or if they're going to complete their bachelor's degree? Is that like advised or? Yeah, that, that that's a great question. And that is sometimes confusing because students, you know, a lot of the questions we get is, OK, does it does it give me more weight? If I or, or is it weighted differently or does it help my application status? if I go ahead and just complete my four years at Jacksonville State um, or, or their home university. And the answer to that is your grades matter more than whether you have the prerequisites or whether you have the degree. Really, it's depending on what the student wants. Some students are, are like, Mr. Black, I want to get my prerequisites and I want to get into pharmacy school ASAP mm -hmm. for that student. We require that it, they have at least completed organic chemistry one because uh, Ms. Bass, as you and I know, organic chem one is kind of that class that we stub our toe on sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we want that class to be completed. But if you if you're a student in listening to this podcast 
and you have completed organic chemistry one, you are technically eligible to go ahead and apply to pharmacy school. Now, if, if you fall in the in the camp of I want to get my prerequisites and I want to start in uh, pharmacy school. Now, if if you are if you've completed OCHEM one, but you know that you want to get that degree from Jacksonville State University, of course, you would we would encourage you to probably go ahead and apply for pharmacy school in your final semester before you graduate. That way, there's no gap year in between undergraduate uh, graduation and then you come right into pharmacy school. So we'll, however you want to do it, really, there is no, um, you know, there's no magic sauce for in terms of should I should I graduate or should I just go ahead and get my prerequisites and come into pharmacy school? One doesn't look better than the other. Awesome. Um, when reviewing the website, I noticed that one of the requirements for admission for admittance into the PharmD program is the ACT. Um, is there a minimum score that students need to have on the ACT to be admitted? Is this ever waived? Are students required to take the ACT and the PCAT exam? Good question. So as, as we all know in higher ed, the last few years, especially with the pandemic, um, some students haven't, haven't even taken the ACT for whatever reason. So um, right now, as it stands, uh, first of all, it's important for students to know the PCAT, that's the uh, medical school equivalent of the MCAT. We no longer require the PCAT because our data shows, our data, our data shows that the PCAT is not a good indicator of student success in pharmacy school. So we did away with that. The same thing for the ACT. When you when we when we uh, look at the data, the ACT really does not determine um, student success in pharmacy school. So we are test optional for ACT. If you have an ACT score, great. But there's not we we if you've taken the ACT, we want you to go ahead and send your scores in. But we do not look at that as far as uh, entry into the program. We don't give you extra points if you have a higher ACT score. But if you have that ACT score, certainly submit it. If you don't, we waive it. So it's really strictly up to the student. Awesome sauce. So in regards to GPA requirements, what is the minimum GPA for a student to be admitted into the PharmD program? Great question. So a 2.75 GPA is the minimum score for students to be offered an interview. Now, the, ca the caveat there is, you know, we had generally have a target class of 120 each year. And you might ask, well, does that mean a lot of students in your program have a 2.75 GPA? That's not the case, but we, we really um, are, we have a lot of pride in the fact that we have a holistic interview format. And what that means is we want to know your story. 
there may be live circumstances as to why you may not have a 4.0 GPA. So we want it, we want you to be able to tell us that story and what your passion is for the pharmacy profession. So that's why we set that GPA a little bit lower than what you would see for medical school and PA and dental school is because we've, we don't want to lose a good student based on what could be life circumstances. And so um, we want to hear your story. So, um, so that's important to know there, but that 2.75 uh, we require to be offered an interview. What is the average GPA for students who are admitted into the PharmD program? I would say, you know, that that changes with each class, but I would say we're probably in the three, four, three, five GPA range. Um, but I, I, I'll also say this, which I love telling our students because uh, I came to Sanford from Texas A&M University where I helped a lot of students get to professional school, whether it be medical school or dental school. And what we're looking for in pharmacy school is real important for students to hear this. We are looking for academic persistence, not academic perfection. And so, you know, uh, and what does that mean? So, OK, so you come in as a freshman and you realize that wow college is a little bit different from high school and you get that first grade in general chemistry of a c and you feel like life's over academically but what we're looking for in pharmacy school is okay so you made a c you're a freshman you had all these things you're acclimating to a new environment so how did you respond how did we recover in chem too so again we're looking for academic persistence not perfect perfection oh my goodness i absolutely love that we live by it yeah yes love that i'm on i'm writing it down so that way i can use it for myself i hope you don't mind i'm going uh, to you can it. have it you can have it <laughs> i love it oh okay so another thing if a student decide they want to take the pcat so if they're applying to other schools and they take the pcat um well, that does that boost their application if they have a good PCAT score or if they've taken it? Do is it even considered at all if they have taken it? That's a good question. So we will, of course, obviously accept the PCAT score as a supplementary item. Um, but here's what we say: submitting either an ACT score or a PCAT score is not going to help or hurt your application status. What it's going to do is show us kind of a baseline. Okay, how does this student perform in science? Um, but again, is it going to be a deal breaker? Absolutely not. If you have a super high PCAT score, that's going to tell us, okay, they do stand, they, they test well. And so that's just one component of a holistic format. And so, um, so absolutely, if they've taken it, we will we will take it just like the ACT score, but really as far as application, uh, you know, weighting one or the other, it's just not going to happen. So do you require any shadowing hours or pharmacy experience when applying to the PharmD program? Great question. So shadowing, I would I, my I, you know, I've worked with pre-professional students most of my 19 year career, and I would say nothing takes the place of shadowing. Shadowing is a win-win. And if, you, if you're a high school student listening to the sound of my voice, know that shadowing is not just a college thing. 
um, you can never get enough shadowing because one of two things are going to happen when you shadow. One, you're going to it's going to light your fire. It's going to re re um, kind of re reignite your passion for that. Or you're going to get in there and see that life in an ER, for instance, is way different from Gray's Anatomy. And so <laughs> guess, guess what? That's a win win because you start to narrow your focus. So my 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 advice around shadowing is you can't get it. You can't get too much and variety, variety, variety. So you may know that you want to be a cardiac surgeon. That's great. But we also want you, we want to see a variety of shadowing experiences. And what that tells the committee is, okay, this person is well informed on what they like and what they don't like. But I would always encourage students when they come into professional school, whether it be pharmacy or med school, or dental school, come in with an open mind. Um, you may have known since you were five years old that you wanted to be a cardiac surgeon, but be open to change because that's what professional school is all about is being open. So um, now shadowing um, and pharmacy experience is always great. So we have a lot of students that come through that have been pharmacy techs. Um, any kind of experience like that is value added, but um, as far as your application status, especially in pharmacy school, um, we have students that have zero pharmacy um, experience, but we also have to remember that we're coming, hopefully coming out of the pandemic. So it has been hard to get experience in some of these places because we've all been in triage basically for the last two years. So um, if, if a student has had zero shadowing, um, anything like that it, it is totally okay we, we are prepared for that but anytime you can get shadowing experience in general is a great thing awesome and i know that for the letter of recommendations when shadowing and all those things they it requires like a letter from a pharmacist or a, i think that's correct right. is that still the requirement since the shadowing is is kind of hard to get at this point or so what we so what we have told students is one one um, letter of recommendation, it would be really nice if it were from a medical professional. So a pharmacist, a doctor, somebody that you've shadowed that can speak to your uh, dedication, you know, your work ethic and stuff like that. If that's not possible, reach out to us. We'll tell you kind of what your different options are. But the real critical, so we require two things, a non-academic, and an academic reference. And the academic reference really needs to particularly be from a math or science professor. So an academic professor, um, if that's not um, possible, or if you say, you know, we've been in a virtual world for two years, it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard to build those relationships. And it is hard to build those relationships. But if you're a student, hearing the sound of my voice, I would say be very intentional about trying to build relationships with your professors. They need to get to know you because one day you're going to have to ask for letters of recommendation. So build and nurture those relationships. But we really do um, place a great emphasis on those letters of recommendation from a professor in higher ed, preferably a math or science. OK. All right. And then 
Um, I lost my train of thought because you said something. I was like, I'm trying to write down, so I'm so sorry. Um, when should students start actually applying? I know if they, we talked about if they were not getting a BS degree, and we kind of touched on if they were getting a BS degree, but like, do they need to apply at the beginning of their senior year? If applying in the fall semester, would they be in time to start in August or? I don't know would the positions be filled with the slots be filled if they applied in their last semester. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's a really important question. So the cycle for pharmacy school, the FarmCast application for each cycle opens on July 1st. And generally, this is a great life 101 advice. Be early, get things done early. So if you're a senior, going into your senior year of college and you know that you want to go to pharmacy school, have your ducks in a row. So when that application opens on July 1st, you're one of the first ones and we actually have early action scholarships so that it re, we try to reward students for getting that stuff done early. So they go ahead and get their seat. Um, we move really fast in pharmacy school and I want to I want to touch on this. Our admission uh, process is you get your FarmCast application submitted. Um, in about two weeks, your application makes it to us. We review it. We invite you for an interview. Our interview days are usually on a Saturday where you come in and interview with one of our faculty and you get to learn about the McWhorter School of Pharmacy. So Saturday you interview, the following Monday you get your admission decision the following Wednesday, you get your scholarship decision. And so we move really fast. We don't play around because we know that students have big decisions to make. And, and it's and it's a family and loved ones discussion. It's not just you don't make these decisions in a silo. So um, that's important to know. But um, back to your original question, the, the, the cycle opens on July 1st, closes on June 1st. And so, um, you know, and again, it's always better to do everything first, get that seat nailed down, get the scholarships and life is good. Awesome sauce. So the early bird always gets the worm. I'm a there farm you go. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We love the early birds. <laughs> so final question, do you guys have any scholarship opportunities? Is here at McWhorter School of Pharmacy, if you're coming in to this uh, fall 22 class, we are awarding $1.2 million in scholarships. OMG. And that number is going up every year. Uh, four years ago, we offered about $300,000 in scholarships. So as you can see, we are investing in our students because we want our students to leave uh, their pharmacy, their with, with get, leave with their PharmD with as little debt as possible, because we know student loan debt is, is a concern for everybody. So just know that we invest heavily in our students and scholarships are a big part of that. So um, just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, oh my goodness, Thank that is absolutely amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. Well, I wanna say thank you so much for participating in today's podcast. You've been absolutely amazing. 
Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And students, good luck on a great semester. Um, you've got someone here in Miss Bass that is awesome, who is interested in your success. So um, stay with her. And um, if y'all need anything at McWhorter School of Pharmacy, we are arms wide open to help you. Don't forget to check the podcast description, which will have links to McCorder School of Pharmacy, links to the prerequisites that are designed specifically for Jacksonville State University, as well as contact information. Next up, career updates with Ms. Becca Williams. Welcome to this segment of Career Bites. October 12th in 2B in the Houston Cole Library, we are hosting a Lunch and Learn to help our students prepare for the Bite Size Internship Fair. The Lunch and Learn will be from 11 to 1 and you must register if you're going to attend. We are capping our audience at 40 students, so do not hesitate and do not wait. Sign up today. Check your email for more information. On November 3rd, there will be a Bite Size Internship Fair from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m in Ayers Hall, room 113. Students majoring in computer science programs in mathematics and geography are invited and, and are asked to bring copies of their resume and dress professionally. Come dress for success. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in going to med school, please tune in next week for our special guest, Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine. Until the next episode.